Welcome to Verbal Art, a podcast where we talk about artsy stuff in different locations. And I'm recording. Um, do you want to appear with an artist name or with your own name? It's my own name. Yeah, so hi and welcome to the Verbal Art Podcast with Senja Ram and her art friends. Today we are talking to Vanity Salonen here in Helsinki. Can you explain where we are? Yes, thank you, Xenia. Um, we are in Project Room in Learned in in Helsinki, downtown area, and uh, this is a gallery uh, for master students in Kuvataide Academy Art, Art University, Helsinki. Yes. Yes, a gallery um, owned by and curated by our school, so students can apply to have their exhibitions here. Yes. And we are in your solo exhibition. Yeah. In the half of the gallery. Um, it's called Front Space. Front Space. Yes. Is your your exhibition or the place is called Front Space? It, the, the space. The gallery is called front space, and then there is the black back space, and then there's the dark, like black room, dark room. Okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and I wanted to mention you. You said that uh, it's curated by our like uh, our school staff, but it's curated by wholly by us, like individuals. Nobody has curated this, like you know. Ah uh, no, yeah, I mean, oh yes, of course, curation in multiple ways, but in the way that you apply to the school and they decide who gets the space. Gets the space. Ah, yeah. uh, true. No one has like, you have fully alone decided what to put here and where to put it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. Yeah. It's a good challenge to try to make the installation yourself. And what is your exhibition called? It's timeless racing, which is like Ian Kaikkinen and Kilovoitel in Finnish. They have a little bit different like um, <coughs> tone in, in different languages. I like the Finnish one more, but anyways, timeless racing is. What is the more direct translation from Finnish? Ian They are really religious terms. Oh. Like Ian Kaikkinen is close to timeless. But it's like a forever and forever and something like that. And kilovoitelo uh, is more like a. I guess there might be a word for it, like a competition for the love of God or something. I I try to translate it. Is it a religious work or a religious exhibition? Uh, it's it's not religious exhibition, but it has like a connotations and a small. Little details, like Thor in my shirt at the moment. I have this motocross um, shirt that they use for when they are like a racing in the race course. So I have this shirt which says Thor. It's like a trademark. And it's also the Nordic god of thunder. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And then there is a in that one um, which I call trophy. The the piece on the wall, it has the motorcycle front light in it. It has also uh, this um, motorcycle helmet cap 
mm-hmm. which says sales. So, you know, and I have found out that they are selling or, you know, marketing this stuff a lot with this kind of illusion of like invulnerability, like a godlike you know, oh. stuff. Yeah, so because our listeners have no idea what it actually is we're talking about, let's just um, dial back a bit and explain what it actually is we're looking at. Can you explain this room to us first, how it is? Yeah, well, how do you start? When you come inside <laughs> this gallery space, you can immediately, you're immersed in my, in my space, kind of, and... Uh, you see this large installation in, uh, in in front of you, which is uh, made from different motorcycle parts, and, and the motorcycle parts are black. And, uh, and I have, they were like uh, originally black, but I have uh, painted them uh, matte black to make them like more look, looking like. A, how, how do you say more aesthetically like uh, mm, like they're more uh, um, har- harmony harmony between them like uh, that they are like really this satin black I was about harmony. to say homogenous but homogenous also mm-hmm. yeah yeah why not yeah so we are in a white cube gallery space which for the ones of you listening who don't know these art terms, white cube is this, this classical modern art space where all the walls are white, it's a very sterile room, uh, but it also means that you can change it however you want or your works will have all the focus in the space because there's not a lot of like um, spatial features to steal your eyes. So there's quite bright light even though uh, the black curtains are drawn on half of the windows. Um, and Vanity has taken apart, is it a whole motorbike? It is, but the whole motorbike is not here today, but there's a lot of parts from it, like at least half of the works are made from motorcycle parts, yes. So like around the floor is like all these individual parts of a motorcycle that are taken apart and put laid out as like individual sculptures on the floor and some are hanging on the wall then there is like some part of the actual motorcycle just so it's, it's the motorcycle frame which is upside down and the, the tires wheels. and stuff are a little bit twisted mm. and there is these two tires like kind of rotating against each other and then there is a small detail, there is the speedometer in the, in the frame also where you can see the speed, which is of course zero kilometers per hour. Because they're not actually rotating. Yes, they are. It's really standing alone, sculpture, stable. And then and, uh, some sculptures are built from motorcycle parts that you have actually built into other things, like this um, trophy sculpture, yeah. it's a lamp. It's, uh, it's the front lamp, then there is this motorcycle helmet cap, and then there is this handlebar, which is like cut a little bit shorter, and the ed- ends of the bar are sharpened, so they look like a, like a horns of yeah. a, some it animals that has horns. Looks like a trophy skeleton thing that you would have uh, 
on the wall, but then it is also a lamp from the front lights of the motorbike. Yeah, and it's on all the time, so it's really like uh, really, really Very bright, sharp. Really it's, sharp. I want to look at it more, but it's kind of hurting my eyes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's the effect uh, that I like that it's uh, you cannot look at it. It's really like uh, it's the the long. There's like a short lights and then there's a long lights when you are driving. And there is like the long lights are on, so it's super bright. You know? So it's this taunting limbo place of like the desire to look at your work but the inability to do so because the work is hurting you mm. so does that make people want to look even more at it you think might be yeah for me a little bit it's taunting me so i get more curious i get yeah. a little bit stubborn that i can't look at it <laughs> yeah you have, you have to kind of go around to see it so that it's not hurting your eyes you have to look it from the side and Actually, you have to go quite close, I would assume, so you can yeah. get like right behind the lights. Also, yeah. Mm. And I wanted to say from the trophy and that uh, one of the horns, there is this um, name of the exhibition, Timeless Racing. It's, it's uh, written in the handlebar. It's the original, you know, trademark of the handlebar. So that's where you got the title yeah. from? Yeah. Mm. And then you translated it to Finnish afterwards? Yeah. Now you're actually the first Finnish uh, artist I have on the podcast so far. Oh, nice. Thank you. Sure. Happy to be the first. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit of a coincidence in what order people come and who comes on. Like, But it was a good time that you had this exhibition to talk about. Yes. Um, and then what is this one sculpture with the mirrors? It's a, it's a very black sculpture as many others here and it's uh, also on cycle bars. <laughs> surprise, surprise. It's a part of handlebar also. It's all and the mirrors from one motorbike? It's all the mirrors from two motorbikes because okay. there's a four mirrors. So it's like a one from this motorcycle and one from the previous one that I owned like many, many years ago. And it's got, I, I call it selfistic, it's the name of that, that piece, yeah. And you can see yourself or you can see like a, they are directed the mirror so that you can see the, this motorcycle frame from it. Or you can see also these parts that are laying in the ground. So it kind of constructs or deconstructs the parts that are in the exhibition to your like, you know, to your view. Yeah. yeah. So you have um, you have put them together and hung them on the wall, but um, how much of these things you have made here have you done like actual metal work on? You have done quite a lot of like actual metal workshop uh, work to modify these things, no? Yeah, some for the trophy, just a little bit. Like I had to heat the um, handlebars in a, in a kind of. How do you say this kind of not oven but like really but the welding material? No, no, no. You kind of what's what's the word? Like there is a cast light all the time, like really hot light coming to this kind of box where you where you can put ah. stuff and then you can also like a like a blacksmith blacksmith stuff. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, and really like a, and then it starts to melt because it's aluminium. Yeah. They are so they just like pick up this kind of. Yeah, aluminium is very soft metal. Yeah, and then I have sharpened those. So not more uh, metal work on that, but for example, this corner piece that is that is here in the right side. Let's just say what it is because yes. we have not talked about this yet. It's the biggest piece in the exhibition, I would say. Yeah. 
and it's um, there has been some meta work for it because it's like a, it's okay. Let's let's just explain first what what can you see when you when you when you watch it. You see like a corner where is two mirrors in the corner, and then there is this kind of four computer screens that are directed towards the corner, towards the mirrors. So you can only see the four back sides of the uh, computer screens. And the computer screens are on this kind of curvature uh, metal, <coughs> square metal pipe. And it has also metal legs. So there I had to, you know, make, uh, make a little bit of uh, metal work for that, to make this curvature for the pipe. <coughs> attaching them and welding all this. And what are they showing the screens? I mean, from here where we are sitting, you can't actually see it. You'd have to like stand up and go closer to the sculpture to be able to see the reflection of the of the videos running. But exactly, yeah. Every every computer screen has its own kind of collage of uh, same theme videos. So one has. Uh, like a collision scenes from like, and they, they are not like humans that are driving the motorcycles, but they are these kind of puppets that that uh, they are um, using to try like a collisions, like how, what would happen when when you are, you are colliding with the motorcycle to a car or something. For like testing that. safety, <coughs> testing safety. Yeah. So it's like a crush dummies, they're called. Crush them. dummies, exactly. Oh, yeah. I've seen videos like this online. They're violent. They are really violent. You don't have to have like a real human being to feel it in your body that like it's no, really, really like yeah, and it's really like takes your attention when you're looking. Like many people have said that they they really like that's the one video that they really most like watch because it's so maybe because you get you can kind of. Relate to the dumb crush yes. dummies. I will yeah. quickly just go there and then so that uh, I'm more fresh what we're talking about. Okay. And then another screen will show you a factory where motorcycles are built. There's like a snippets of like a different, uh, different. Uh, Parts of the process, process in, the process in producing these parts that you have laid on the floor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then the third screen will show you uh, a fair, a motorcycle fair, where this, this uh, person, <laughs> you can hear the motorcycle. There was motorcycle in the street right now, that was good. <laughs> yeah, there's this road going like past this gallery and there is like a lot of motorcycles and cars now that it's springtime <laughs> going also past this place. But anyways, there's like this motorcycle frame uh, fair in this third screen, like a really close close-up shots of like someone uh, filming uh, motorcycles in a fair, like different sport bikes and stuff. Why they're trying to promote or sell new fancy motorbikes? They yeah, yeah, they are trying to promote motorcycles, and there's a lot, a lot of like uh, really uh, you cannot see it in the in the in, the, in my collage, oh, but there's a lot of like, uh, you know, in, um, women in bikinis and stuff like in those pairs of clothes, <laughs> like, you know, really traditional, but I, I wanted to cut them out, like, yeah. I, I didn't want to sew, but, so I have been like uh, choosing like what kind of stuff I will show. They are all found material, so I haven't shown anything to myself. Have you been zooming in on the material or is it 
framed like this naturally? I have been reframing also, recutting, color grading, and slowing also. I have been slowing every because they were quite like a, you know hectic some of the film materials. So I wanted to slow them a little bit, like eighty percent or something, for the speed to make them more like a similar kind of atmosphere in the in the, in the screen. And then the last video is. Um, I hope people can hear me properly from here. Yeah, okay. The last video is is motorbikes getting destroyed in like a, a shredder. A, in a what? Shredder. A big metal shredder in a junkyard or some place where you like destroy motorbikes. Yeah. So it's the whole life cycle of motorcycles and then like you have this graveyard on the floor of all these parts of the motorbike. Yeah. Um, and it's really, it's very beautiful, like what this curved angle that you have built with the, the monitor screens, that it's very silver metal colored, the backside of the monitor screens are very like technological looking, a little bit sci-fi with the cables and stuff. But you have basically curved and built the frame for the quarter of a circle. Yeah. And these mirrors on the wall and how it's placed creates this like illusion of a full video circle yeah. going inside through the wall. Um, but you have to go fairly close to the work to experience this. Yes. And then let's talk about the last elements here um, yeah. just next to us. There is sound. I don't know if people have been hearing these like race sounds and a little bit elevator music style, but that is coming from a speaker that you have made. Yes. From uh, and like, what is it like a gasoline tank or? Yeah, it's called Yerukan, 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 uh, which is like a really like a, I don't know what it designed in first world war or something, but a metal can for uh, carrying gasoline, basically. Uh, and I have made it on a speaker, and all the uh, like the, the sound for the video is coming through that, and it also had this extra beach. Yeah, it's beautiful and red and rusty, yeah. um, and and underneath is an as piece of asphalt that you have uh, stolen on the road somewhere and bought here. <laughs> yeah, I kind of stole it. I, I just took it with me from a construction site, like where they are building this Jokeri uh, Rata, uh, this new tram. Was it heavy to carry? It's really super heavy. Yeah. This, this is like 40 <laughs> centimeters times 40 centimeters and it weighs like 50 kilos. It's super heavy. Yeah, but you have created like a little pedestal or podium from yeah. this rough yeah. piece of asphalt. And then above the speaker, almost above, directly above it, is this uh, little floating platform made from like some plexiglass acrylics yeah. it's transparent and what is on this on top of it is a it's a visor it's a motorcycle uh, helmet visor and on that visor there is a is that the part of like that is kind of glass that you have in front of your eyes yes but you have painted it yeah i have painted it with this kind of milk milk they call it milk screen or something milk screen uh, paint so it's a sprayable paint, so that it becomes uh, uh, like a projection screen. Projection, projection screen, yes. And then there is a tiny uh, projector making a back projection 
for it? For this, so um, we are looking at the front side of it as if someone was wearing it, yeah. but what we're seeing is the view that this person would see if they were driving uh, in some mountain range. range. Where is it from, the video? This is from States. Um, I, I don't remember what was the particular place. So I, I don't know if it matters even, but it's really like saturated mountain range where it's this really nice road and calm, yeah. sunny, sunny like day. Grand Canyon field. Yeah. Maybe Arizona or something, I don't mm. remember. And, uh, yeah, the, the whole thing is hanging from four fishing lines, so it's really like a really transparent and really kind of, I don't know, like trying to be really unmaterial kind of. Yeah, it's almost floating in, floating in space, this video. Yeah. Which is in quite stark contrast to uh, these very black, saturated motorbike parts on the floor. Yeah, exactly. They are really material, and this first would be really unmaterial. Un it's very dreamy, this video, because like it's flowing a little bit like up and down, and the sides of the video are curved with the curve of the, of the glass that it's projected on, and then these very dreamy saturated colors with super blue skies and red mountains and green, green, green trees. and cars coming in opposite direction and kind of like disappearing up to the sides yeah, yeah. it's nice yeah it has a three different videos in it um, in a rotation it's a it's looped video but there is like this material that has this elevator music as a background which is this like mountain range driving then there is uh, one video which is uh, from a race course which is maybe starting now no, this is okay. And then there is this third video where it's also a motorcycle race, but they are driving in this island of man, mm. in which is between uh, Great Britain and Ireland. This is this uh, small island where they do these races, and uh, they are really dangerous. They are driving like 300 more kilometers per hour in the middle of like uh, country towns and. And, um, you know, this kind of really uh, scary looking shit. And, and um, you can almost like, <laughs> like it's, it's, it's a strange feeling that I get from this. You kind of, you kind of get your, your arm, it starts to sweat when you <laughs> look at this stuff. Because it's so like every moment can be the last moment of the driver. Even though it's a tiny little round screen we're looking at hanging in the middle of the space, yeah, you do get this little bit like seasick feeling from it. Mm. Um, yeah. And the sound that is playing, like, is it all what went with the videos when you found them, or did you like put the sound there? This is the original sound of the video. Yeah. And what about the elevator music? Is that's that that's 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 just um, found music, which is like a, a Creative Commons. License, so I can, I can use it free. So. And how did you make this into a speaker? You cut holes in the side of this metal uh, container, and then did you build the speaker inside yourself, or you placed a, an existing speaker? I uh, I bought the different pieces for for creating this, and there is this kind of uh, like a 
fluffy stuff inside to kind of take out the resonations from the metal. This is actually like recycled from another art, uh, from another exhibition that I had. It was like a sound exhibition a few, three years ago, but uh, it fit so well in this, so I wanted to take it in there, kind of. Yeah, show it again. It fits very well. I mean, now we have very, like, gone through this minuscule um, explanation of all the elements, but there also was a lot of elements. So hmm. let's zoom out a bit and um, ask, like, did you ever drive this motorbike? Um, actually, yeah, when I, yeah, I, I want to say that I bought this motorcycle with 800 euros, which was the grant, grant from our school for like getting all the materials for the master Oh project. yeah, this is your graduation exhibition, Yeah, right? like the second part, yeah. yeah. The first part was in the last spring where there was like the motorcycle engine was there and you could like, our audience could like run it with an electric motor. You just turn off, turn, turn it on and off and it gave this kind of chuk 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 sound. Yeah, and there were also some motorcycle videos, so okay, yeah. it really was a two-part yeah. continuous exhibition thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So did you drive it before you took it apart? Yeah, so when I went to buy it, I had to try that it works to that I can make the video. You know, I made this burnout video for the first exhibition, so I had to try that okay everything works and we can do this. And so you were so, filming so, while you were driving? Uh, no, I have I haven't filmed while I have while I have tried it, but I just tested it works and then immediately after that I drove it to to a French garage where we filmed this burnout scene and that was the last time the whole machine was running. After that I dis dismantled it and started to create these sculptures. When was the first time in your life you drove a motorcycle? Five years. I bought it from my neighbor like this moped. I was really five years ago. Yeah, yeah. Five years old. I was really young and I have been interested also like what was like I, was, I have been thinking like, what was it like that, where did the desire, or what... what when when how, you were five years yeah, old? Yeah, like how... What, I, how could you buy a moped when you were five years old? Well, I had like had five birthdays already, so birthday <laughs> money, <laughs> birthday present money. But you can't drive a moped when you're five. Like, I can, yeah, yeah, you can. You would imagine that you can, but I... But you I mean, you are tall and have long legs now, but when you were five, you yeah, were not tall enough but to... But the, the motorbike was like, I don't know, like 50 a... centimeters high. It was this so, super small Honda monkey. Wow! <laughs> and I was driving it around our house, you know, and made this like huge, like, like, I don't know how to call this, like a spores. Like a, ah, yeah, when you like make the dirt and the dust go... Yeah. And all our grass, like, like ruined because I was <laughs> just making this kind so of dish. So it was a real motorized mini moped. Yeah. And your parents let you drive it when you were yeah. five. Yes. Yes. Is this normal in Finnish yeah, culture? I think so. I think this, yeah. Very normal in small towns where I'm from. I'm from Nokia, and you know, there's not so much to do in a small towns, and a lot of people, like especially boys, are like buying mobiles and like building them or like you know enhancing them and driving them inter 
Yeah. Yeah, Nokia, the phone company, was actually named after a small town in the centre of Finland, where yeah. it is from. Okay. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I know that in the countryside there is this whole like scooter moped um, culture. It's in every country in small towns, I think. Mm. But now, last year, I lived in this small village um, on the Finnish-Russian border. Very small village, and it, like from our house, which was a few hundred meters from like the town square, but we could still hear that like every night in the town square they would meet and they would like make circles in in the town oh. square with their mopeds yeah. and stuff and hang out. Yeah. yeah. This is happening in every small town in Finland. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Uh, but you start at five years, so of course you become very good at it. I mean, yeah. that's a lot of years to drive a motorbike. It is. Like, yeah. And uh, I went to like uh, engineering school when I was 18, so it kind of stuck, stick with me. This like mechanics and, and oh, stuff. Oh, I like did that. not know that. Oh, you did it. Okay, yeah. So, do you have an engineering degree? Yeah, I have a mechanical engineering degree. Before I, yeah, and I and I worked a few years in a factory as a decent, like a like a industrial like mechanic, mechanic designing and like planning these like yeah structures and like uh, steel casts and stuff, oh. but yeah, it was quite boring, so, <laughs> <laughs> so I, yeah, I figured I, I have still time when I'm young and I have still time to do something else and I went to study photography first and in Tampere, this place called Hojanmaan Opisto and I was there one year living in the, in the school perimeters also mm. and and uh, there I got interested about art. And, yep. and Finland still has this uh, great university system or educational system in general that you can take as many educations as you want. So mm. there is a limit to how much financial student aid you can receive, but there is no limit to how many degrees you can hold. So a lot of people in the art academy really come from all these diverse backgrounds yeah, of, they do. of different types of of schooling and different types of skills. Yeah, exactly. And it's really a good good thing, of course. It enriches the, the community. So much. Yeah. But also, I mean, that means this was not the first time that you took apart a motorbike. No, I have also uh, built a motorbike for a motorcycle show. You built it, one? It was 2016. I, I saw the motorcycle in the Messukeskus, yeah. You built a whole motorbike? Yeah. You decided No, 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 not from the scratch. No, but okay. you know, it was a 70s motorcycle that I dismantled like every piece and then like, you know, repaired everything and kind of customized it to look like I wanted and mm. took it to the fair. Do yeah. you still go to the fairs? I think the last one was this weekend, right? Yeah, I, I, I randomly actually know that right now <laughs> there was last weekend this. So. This Messerkeskus motorbike show. Yeah, I wasn't there. Last time was like maybe 2016 or 15 that I was there when I sold my own motorcycle. And yeah, after that I have been like still been quite fascinated, but I have started to kind of renounce this whole hobby because of, you know, environment and ecological thinking and stuff that I have been more into during the art academy. 
like I have been diving into that stuff and then I kind of have realized of course that this is a <laughs> quite toxic hobby to have if you think like how much like uh, toxic ways you can create with this stuff and also many other things. Is that what you're trying to show with this exhibition that like from the from from the beginning of the motorbike's life to the end of it, like uh, there's a lot of um, traces or like a lot of production, which means a lot of waste. Yeah, that too, of course, like this materiality and the, the infrastructure which comes from the videos a lot. But also like I have been really interested of my own psyche, like what's the desire, how it's created, how it's how these things are marketed, like where did it start for me, like when I was five years old, come on, nobody sold it to me, I guess. Maybe I have seen some cartoons or something where I have seen motorbikes and those have sold it, the idea of like... You've seen people something. riding them. Yeah. You've seen the older boys I guess, riding them. I guess, yeah, but I can't remember anymore, but I have been thinking a lot, like because, you know, it's easier to say when you, when you think you are adult and then you have the cultural background when, and like the culture is kind of creating also your thoughts and you know what you will choose but when you're five years old I have been thinking that it's not maybe so much affected the little boy's brain and what's the what's the desire like what's the really like underneath like in the core of what's what's it was it is it like speed or is it like adrenaline or what, what is it I mean, I understand this whole, like, we talk about that there's this small town and countryside um, tradition of, of the young boys driving motorbikes. It, it, in a way, it also makes sense. It's just like people who grow up in the countryside get driver's license when they're fairly young. And people who grow up in the center of cities, like I did, can go through half of their life or more without knowing how to drive a car. Because, like... In some, no, and also it's like more complicated actually. Where I'm from, if you have a car, it's expensive and there's nowhere to park it. And it's like, it doesn't make sense because the distances are so short and they're so well covered yeah. on a bicycle or with public transport. But if you're from a small town in Finland, mm -hmm. like literally the infrastructure with buses can be non-existent. Mm -hmm. There can be no public transport. In many, many small towns, there is no bus stopping, no nothing. So you need to move yourself around. So I understand why everyone drives mopeds. Yeah, it gives you freedom. Mm. Like you don't, you are not attached to your like family car anymore. But you can like, you know, go wherever you want. Because it's, it's too far on a bike in the winter. It's like seven months long. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I used to drive also winter time. I just changed the tires. Quite and the motorcycle? Moped. And the moped. Yeah. <sighs> That's a lot of snow for it's, a moped. Yeah, it is, yeah. It's, it's quite dangerous. And I think now I wouldn't let my own children maybe to drive it because it's like super slippery and stuff. But a lot of ice. And how cold does it get in Nokia in the winter? Minus 20, minus 25? Like degrees, but Celsius degrees for those who are on the fun hat scale. But like minus 25. Celsius degrees is very cold for driving a moped. <laughs> it is. You have to really dress up and you know, trust your skills to stay up. Yeah, it's a lot of snow. Yeah, it is. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, 
why disassemble it and place it like this? It's somehow all these different pieces are very even spread out across this floor. Um, yeah. What did you want to show? I think um, the, the, the spreading them out like this is like just showing the process of like how how I have been like um, uh, how I have approached this whole project like kind of dismantling and uh, getting no more like more into de details somehow that like we are this process of dismantling and and uh, deconstructing the whole pipe but in a more deeper level than just like <laughs> trying to repair it or something but and also I, I mentioned in the in this uh, papers that you can you have in the exhibition the, text exhibition text that the audience is invited to change this installation like these parts that you can see in the floor they are kind of they you are, can move them around you can move them around I, I have to I admit I didn't read the text before we started but yeah, okay it's, so it's an interactive installation yes has some people moved some parts yeah like this uh, standing leg is there, separated from the whole installation. That, that really it looks caught really my eye early on. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, yeah, it's good there. Like, there's so mm -hmm. much empty space that it's kind of, you know, mm -hmm. just a small object there. You'll, but do people realize that they're allowed to change your exhibition? It has been changed a lot. Like it has been in many forms, and uh, I'm kind of also playing around with them every now and then. But do they stay separated, or do they come how? Are they assembled sometimes into larger forms? Sometimes they are bring like I have seen uh, these versions where they are really close to each other, mm -hmm. and I like it more like spread. So I, when someone does that, I tend to a little bit like take them apart again. Mm -hmm. I kind of give them space more because like I, I I am interested of them as a single pieces also because they are really interesting when you. And you go close and try to figure out like what's this and what's that when they are like uh, taken apart from the from the like the full system then they start to look like really absurd or weird or what, like yeah that's the thing if the if the frame with the wheels had not been here and if there had not been these cues like the videos and the sound then these parts singular like the singular parts on the floor you would not necessarily know it was from a motorbike exactly. unless you already know something about motorbikes. Exactly, yeah. One person was here in the exhibition, I wasn't present, but I heard that the, she, it was a she that said that uh, it helped a lot when she figured out that, oh, it's all about motorcycles, you know, <laughs> but you don't, I, I didn't, like, I wouldn't imagine that someone comes to the gallery and doesn't like see it immediately because I have so, you know, I see it immediately, of course, and mm -hmm. I have, I have done this, but it's always like super nice to hear comments from the audience, like that you, they surprise you, like in a way that <laughs> it's like, oh, what is this? And then you start to see the piece after piece and then you kind of compile it to a one conclusion or some kind of... Mm -hmm. mm. 
I want to go back to this um, whole culture of motorbikes uh, for all of those like you who are geeks who have really gone into it and, and know about it. So all these guys who have looked a lot at motorbikes and taken them apart, mm. who go to the fairs to look at these uh, motorbikes being shown off for next season, but also all these like bikini models yeah. who are like oddly placed inside these um, like fair halls, like these massive indoor spaces with no natural light and then all of this like weird advertisement booths and free candy and, and motor bike shows and and talks and stuff and then like weirdly girls with no clothes on. Mm. Um, so it, this is a specific kind of culture which maybe speaks a little bit also to this like um, gangs of young boys who get mopeds because the other boys have mopeds and mm. then you are cool and like mm. making noise and stuff at night together yeah. that grows into this like adult uh, commercial industry of men in suits <laughs> going to motorbike fairs yeah. to look at girls in bikinis showing off motorbikes that no one has been riding on yet yeah it's very um stereotypically masculine it is somehow it is. It is. how do you place yourself in this universe <laughs> i place myself so that i have been starting started to kind of think about that exactly it, it wasn't my main purpose in this because my purpose or like fascination was was the aesthetics of these machines and what what kind of draws me or what's what's the de de where does the desire come from and how how is it built how is it like started and like the psychological but then you, you you kind of yeah the toxic masculinity comes really really quickly with these things because there's like a they are a symbol of power like really said, huge power. Like you mentioned in the beginning that a lot of you have realized now through relating to these objects that a lot of them are named after male gods from like yes. different mythologies. These very masculine gods like Zeus and Thor, Thor and... Also like when you see these uh, this, um, parts that are on the floor there is like a, one of the... like this... Um, this big part over there, it looks for me as a face of a shark, for example. Mm. And this one looks like the face of alien. Yes, exactly, exactly. Alien head. And these two uh, small side panels, they are like wind-like uh, objects. They're and wind-like. Ah. Wing, sorry, yeah, like wing, wind, wing, wind. Winds. That's true, there are two. It's almost uh, identical parts that look a little bit like penguin wings. Yeah, and also in the in the trophy where, where there's the horn, mm -hmm. they are also like a idea of a, like you know, of a, is it antlers? Yeah. Yeah. Antlers. Of a, of a, yeah. Which also is an animal. this trophy is kind of like um, so here in Finland there are a lot of animals with antlers and so often in people's like locks lock cabins in the countryside which everyone has it's the major holiday tradition of finland is you go to these like lock cabins in the woods mm. and um, 
a lot of, a lot of them have these like antlers or animal skulls on the walls exactly. e either from hunting or from some that you have found in the nature, mm. but a lot of them are from hunting, hunting right? Yeah, exactly. A lot of hunting here. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Which is also this classically masculine thing. Yeah. Of, yeah. Like, I don't know, is there a lot of women in Finland who there, go to the forest to hunt? There, I, I guess it's like more and more coming popular in, in but traditionally, women. Traditionally very male, of course. And what about uh, these motorcycle fairs? Um, are there a lot of women attending them? Same thing. I guess it's like getting more because yeah, it's it's not taught so much masculine thing anymore. Women can come to different, you know, parts of the society now more. So it's in everything. The women, women are like coming and starting to get excited about these things as well. Like yeah, actually, in Finland, I think there is a lot of equality between the genders in the way that mm. um, you see just as many female bus or tram drivers yeah. as you see male, which is uncommon for me because mm. even in Denmark you see more male bus drivers mm. than, they, than female and mm. here it's completely equal, I think. Yeah. Um, so that is very peculiar in a way. It is. I of course it has been like, it's, it's not like a, it's maybe 30 years old, you know, thing that, mm. you know, it, 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 it didn't used to be like this. But it's 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 super cool that it starts to you know get better. But I, what I wanted to say about like still continuing with mm -hmm. the with the toxic masculinity and, and this kind of thing that like I have been thinking like about the design factors like when when you are a designer and you are creating this aggressive looking sport bikes like where do you get your references and then I was like when mm -hmm. when you like turn around this one like spoiler. It's called spoiler, I guess. This kind of plastic thing that is underneath your bike, that um, it starts to look like a shark head, or this kind of wings and this kind of horns and stuff like. They are really aggressive animal references, but but you get like this really like you know attacking like hawks or mm -hmm. I don't know alien head or shark with sharp teeth or like bull attacking you with your with with its horns and stuff like. That you start to find these little hints, like what has been <laughs> going around, maybe in the head of the designer, or or what they want to kind of how they want to sell it. Mm. And it's also interesting that mostly men are buying this, or at least in the history. And why is it that it has to be the, this machine has to be sold in this? particular design, this aggressive style. Of course there's motorbikes that are really lame, like lame looking, like really like <laughs> not saying anything, kind of, you know? But uh, So the design works, like yeah. these cool, aggressive, fast looking ones, you you don't call them lame. Yeah, I guess, no. I guess they, they have character. I mean, I mean that. Like, to be fair, we honestly do not know the actual statistics about how many motorbike designers are female or male, mm. and we don't know the actual st statistics for who buys the motorbikes. Right? Exactly. We are making a lot of assumptions. Assumptions, yeah. A lot of assumptions. Yeah. But when did you start going to these fairs? I mean, um, taking an interest into motorbike culture more than just driving a moped in the countryside? I 
guess it has been always with me. You know, in Did a your way. family go? No, no. It has been like just my mother or father wasn't like this kind of petrolheads at all. But uh, I got the enthusiasm from friends, I guess. And, you know, we were doing this stuff with friends in in the garages, building and, and kind of getting get to know these machines, like how, how do they function, um, what can you do to kind of tune them more powerful, you know, <laughs> enhance them and, you know, this matte black is <laughs> the most popular uh, color of like when teenagers paint their own moments, they really? tend to take the matte black. It's yeah. very Batman to me. Yeah. It feels very like the Batmobile uh, color. Yeah, I guess it's it's the color of like take me seriously. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe that's something that teenage boys needs to be taken seriously. Maybe they need that kind of you know that feeling that I want to be respected or something. Mm. Hard to say. So my tuned moped should be matte black. <laughs> yeah. Because it was at a level of seriousness. Seriousness or something. Coolness or whatever you want to call it. Is it common that people paint their mopeds like... Or do they keep the original look? Well, the ones who want to kind of... Mm, tune, tune them, they tend to also paint them. Mm. They change parts and stuff. Some of the custom like uh, users are the ones that are just they just use it for commuting. Mm. Yeah, but it's um, so it was a very technical or mechanical approach. Your interest in this, like from the beginning. Mm, yeah, for these art projects. And also for like your relationship with motorbikes. I mean. It sounds like it was a very technical interest, or was it about going really fast? I think it, uh, for me, I have found out during this project that it's mostly aesthetic for me. Okay. Aesthetically pleasing, somehow, or, or like interesting. Because, like, when you drive these bikes, it doesn't feel that special anymore it's kind of it's a strange thing because for some it's the speed that the adrenaline that you get from the speed or something yeah it's part of it also for me what's the fastest you've gone i don't know 200 kilometers <laughs> per hour or something maybe <laughs> but if there's no no good roads or like these fast tracks like in germany in finland that there's only you can only like legally drive like 120 kilometers per hour then above that it's illegal, but in Germany you can drive as fast as you can. I know, they have no limit uh, motorways. Autobahns, yeah. That's scary. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but, but I have been thinking that maybe mostly for me they are interesting objects uh, like to look. <laughs> Which is That's awesome. the most most pleasing thing for me, I guess. Yeah. And uh, that's good. That I can channel this desire now through art, or at least through, through this project, like channeling this desire for bikes, not to kind of drive them or you know wear them as uh, 
close, but kind of somehow still like uh, get my hands on, but through aesthetics and through like more like thinking what it is. Yeah, I mean, what's, but what's I, I think you're right that um, through our art projects, there's so much of this dissecting and researching. So you really do get into different layers of your own uh, fascination and your own interests and you yes. dissect like your own desire for something even if you don't know why and or where to start you somehow manage to dig through your own layers of like a subconscious mind processes and figure out what it is about something that attracts you very much yeah yeah and i think it's um it's good to see art also as like a a process that you can use for something like this, get to know yourself in a different way. Exactly, yeah. So, you are wearing this shirt, which is like a motorcycle shirt, kind of saying Thor, which is the brand of a motorbike company. Is that a performative choice for the exhibition? It is, it was in my opening also, and it's always on when I'm invigilating the show. It's kind of LARPing, you know, it's like a role play and I'm, I'm jumping into this suit and now like it's for me it's humor because I'm not taking this seriously so that like like some might get the picture that I'm really like you know seriously like yeah I'm a motorbike fan, I'm a motorbike man but I'm like more for me it's like taking like I'm trying to make it a little bit silly also, but people just have to see it through that, those eyes. I mean, we have been friends for a few years and I had no idea that you actually were a motorbike man. Yeah. <laughs> a motorbike fan in yeah. this way. I knew you had worked with the topic before, mm. but you are not that big of a motorbike fan man that, that I have somehow managed to overlook it in your personality through <laughs> like what, three years or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not that much. At you least not anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have got over it, and like this is like like a slow renouncing of, like I said maybe before, this slow like walking away from from this world mm. of motorbikes. So you used to wear more of these shirts. Maybe more like yeah something like that. Not these because these are made for racing. Like this mm. is like this kind of fabric also and stuff like this. That this is like it's what you synthetic. put. Yeah, it's very synthetic. This is what you put over the uh, kind of protective uh, uh, yeah. wear that you use for your body. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> I I wanted to kind of deal with this thing now and let's see what's 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 next, but. But that's nice that you can treat it as like a part of yourself that you are um, outliving. Yeah, because there's like a lot of lovely memories which which are like connected to these these machines and those that kind of I don't know if it's lifestyle, but just some group of friends or. But why do you feel like you need to walk away from it? Just because of the, you know the enlightenment of understanding that we have to get rid of these fossil machines. Oh, so it's the environmental impact? The environmental impact, especially. 
and uh, it's not just that, that they are burning gasoline and the fumes are coming and stuff but also a lot of materials goes for kind of nothing you know it's it's a soul of thing like these sport bikes they don't have so much like this really concrete use or like this really they are not built for commuting Community, commuting even though they are but they are more like a garments you know they are accessories for your ego or for your personality everybody chooses their motorbikes via their kind of personality many times like you said for you that it mm. mainly is an aesthetical yeah thing yeah it's like clothes mm. you choose the bike the way your your style is and stuff like Wow, I think this was a very, very interesting discussion on motorbikes. Like, really, <laughs> it's I even though it's supposed to be about art. No, but Maybe it is. It was. was about the art, but your art is motorbikes, so that is like mm. interesting to talk about. Yeah. Wow, but I've forgotten to look at the time. So, oh, it's perfect. We have recorded for like almost an hour, and wow. I think it, it was fast. It was went fast, but also we got really well around it. I think. Yeah. And it was, um, I think it's a natural place to stop now. Yeah. Unless there's anything more you want to add. I don't think so. I hope the listeners got some kind of mental picture from what we were saying. And you can always go to my website to see the pictures from the show. This is www.wernerisalonen.com. Yeah, and I will link to it also in wherever online I end up uploading this podcast series. I, there must be space for text, so I, I will add the websites of all these people. Yeah. Um, and somehow very fitting that we sat here in the rush hour traffic of the street, that you it was slightly disturbing to have all these cars drive past and like one motorbike even, mm-hmm. but it also fits quite well with your exhibition that you can hear road noise. Yeah, it's very much connecting Was that the outside and the inside. Did you consider that when you decided to have the front part of the gallery? Well, not, not really, but um, I have found out that <laughs> they are quite closely related. Yeah. yeah. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you yeah. for this interview. It was fun to answer all these questions. Yeah, I love that I get to talk to my friends in this deep way. It's it's really wonderful. (laughs) Okay, cool. Thank you for listening. Um, Yeah, bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed it.